Welcome to Sober Holic, a podcast about Christian recovery, where each week we explore topics that can free you from bondage and strengthen your relationship with God, others, and yourself. Now, your show hosts, Roger and Jason. Hey, man. If you look, if you go back and look at all our videos on Facebook, it's always the finger. I know you always like give Sometimes. me a finger, and I would love to do it too. To uh, you, another another hand joke. Yeah. So, so yeah. welcome to Soberholic Podcast. Uh, I'm Roger. I'm uh, Jason. Yeah. How you doing, Jason? Oh, we did it at the beginning. Ah, I know. I know. I know. How's it been going? It's like, been today? going good. Yeah, everything's going good. The is, weather is nice now. We're coming up on the holiday season. Yeah, we've got to hang out a lot today. I know. We mm-hmm. went we went hiking. Yeah, I've been working on a video. Yeah. Ooh. Got some, some cool, behind the scenes stuff. Cool right? things in the works for yeah. you guys. But it's got it's gotta materialize and who knows if that'll actually happen. Because we've been working on it for a few weeks and um but I think it's gonna be really good as soon as again as you do it all. Uh, <laughs> you know, I feel like there's that's the common denominator. We always talk about what happens here and you seem to do it all. No. People must think Roger does nothing. No. And that would probably be true. No, you do stuff. You do a lot. It's hard to name those things, though, isn't it? You're Other the, than talk, I do a lot of talking. But you're the Facebook manager. I, well, I do a lot of stuff on Facebook. I don't Facebook. really do much on there. But one thing that's cool on Facebook, we've been getting a lot of people like chiming in and, and sharing their stories with us and different things um, about their recoveries, and which has been really cool because yeah. I, I really hope that we can hear more of those stories from our listeners uh, just testimonies because we're looking for some of those testimonies to air here with us now um, on the show. And so if anybody has those, they could definitely send them by Facebook to us or email to us at soberholicpodcast at gmail.com and just just kind of let us know a little bit about their story so that maybe we could post it to our Facebook account if they don't do it just automatically or so we can see if we can get them on the show. Yeah, we would love to hear from you guys even if it's just, hey, if you got a, just a simple question about an episode, or if you have ideas about future episodes, send them to us. We want to hear from you guys. Yeah, and this is the other part we don't ever hardly mention on here. I don't know. I don't really know because I don't guess it's pride because most people would say this, but you know we're always looking for people to support us. Yeah, and one of the we've developed several different ways on our website. We just put a PayPal link on there where you can just just give to pay, um, through PayPal to us that way, or to, to take it a step further and you want just ongoing support to us, we've recently set up, how do you say the, the word? Patreon. Patreon. Yeah, Tell we, me what Patreon is. We have a Patreon. So basically, you know, back in the old days, you used to be a patron of the arts or whatever it is. That sounds so good. I know. It sounds so sophisticated, yeah. doesn't it? But what you would do is you would commission somebody to do something uh paint a painting do write a piece of music or whatever so it's just kind of like a modernized version of that where you're pledging ongoing support monthly support of five or seven dollars so yeah so just for the for the cost of a starbucks one starbucks grande grande a month you're you can help spread the message of of hope and healing um, that we try to try to spread on here, and this ge- all this gear stuff is is starting to kind of kind of add up on us. So yeah, I know this board <laughs> here was was pricey, but you know we love doing it, and we try to put out right. something that's that's good quality. Yeah, and um, I know we don't 
do the like the best ever, but we do try to give good quality content. The videos we were recording today mm-hmm. was like in 4K, and all that's way over my head. But I, I know that you're a stickler for for those type things and making sure there's good quality. And uh, I know I've listened to some different shows that were just so hard I couldn't even listen to it because right. the audio was so bad. Yeah. The content was great, but the yeah. audio was so bad we couldn't do it. And so we, we try to to make those things good for all of our listeners. And you know I hate always asking for money, but it takes money to do these things. Yeah, it does. And, but I can promise our listeners that everything they give us, we will put back into this. Oh, we're not yeah. looking to no. even make money off of this. Yeah. This is all for us to be able to reach another person. Right. That's all it's about. And so um, if anyone wanted to donate, they could do any of those two options. Um, or if they don't, just don't have the money and just want to share their hope through testimony or through a story, then send it to us. Send it to uh, us. And figure out a way that we can put it on the on the air. And so there's many options. And we want our listeners involved with us yeah. on Facebook, on, through email, any way, they can, any way they want to. Right? Partnering with us in all kind of ways. Yep. Cool deal. So what are we talking about tonight? Oh, man. It's one that's uh, probably really tough for me. It's contentment. Yeah, I, I knew what the answer was before I yeah. asked you. You knew I knew because this is something we both struggle with. Yeah. yeah. So the way I struggle with it is just to boil it down and not take an hour of uh, just trying to say how I struggle with it. It's basically it's hard for me. Like I'll set goals, and then as soon as I achieve them, I'm discontent, I'm not happy, and I need a new goal. Which, a part of that is healthy. Setting goals is healthy. But it's kind of like, like the best example I have is, you know, I was training for a marathon. It was coming up in, I ran it um, about a month ago. And as soon as I got done with it, there was no joy in it anymore. Because I didn't care about getting the metal part or doing any of that kind of stuff. It was all about looking forward to it. And as soon as I got it, I didn't want it anymore. And I find myself doing that with life um, a lot. And I think a, a lot of that for me boils down to I'm always looking for the next thing. And I'm, I'm not living fully in the present. And I'm not grateful for what I have right now in the present. Yeah, for me, just the whole idea of being content with something means being grateful for what I have. I don't necessarily believe that I can be content and grateful or thankful. Or th- you're thankful. Well, how, how am I saying that? I'm saying it wrong. I can't be, if I'm content, I am thankful. But I can't be discontent and thankful at the same time. At the time. same time, yeah. And that's kind of what it looks like. I, I may have used this before, but it's one of those life lessons that a guy taught me and didn't know he was even teaching me. It was just in a random conversation. But uh, when I was in the military, I had a captain, and I at that time was like an E2 private. So the pay scale between us was night and day. It was like you know working at McDonald's to a doctor's salary. I mean, it was just mm-hmm. completely different. And I was <laughs> like, you know, you don't know my problems yeah. because you you get so much. You're getting paid so much money. Right. He's like, let me tell you, there, there's no difference. Just the, my problems cost more today, meaning that hmm. he he just bought more expensive things. And I, and I kind of think of this idea of being content that way because I'm not so much of this on cars per se, but I know a lot of people are. Like as soon as I get this car, well, now I need to get a better car. And it's kind of the same example you gave with your goals, which are mine too. I'm always looking for something else to do. 
And I don't know if it's because I'm trying to be better at something or if I'm just trying to distract myself from looking inwards. Oh. And yeah. that kind of is probably what it is for me. That's probably what it is for me. Or at least, I would say at least half of half of it is I'm just trying to distract myself with things so I don't have to look at myself. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I do think there's a healthy element to to never be in never being complacent. You know, we don't want to get complacent and just be like, "Oh, everything's cool. I'm not going to I'm not going to stretch myself. I'm not going I don't need to grow. I'm I'm good where I'm at." But I I know for me, I I tend to not have any balance in that. If yeah, it's uh, some of the material I've seen it says about resting on our laurels, you know, not really moving. Did I say that right? Laurel? That's it. That's Who right? is that? What's did I say it right? Is that a person? No, it, you said it right. Yeah, <laughs> resting resting on your blessed assurance. Yeah, I mean, so it, I feel like if I'm if I'm not moving forward, that I'm falling backwards. Yeah, and so that's kind of my that's how I justify all the goals that I try to reach, whether it be financial goals or spiritual goals or anything. There's always something I'm trying to move towards. If I'm not, then I really kind of feel uneasy inside. But there is this balance that I'm looking for there that, that I struggle with is that it seems like uh, maybe you've, you've had this in your recovery journey is I know, especially when I first got sober, it was hard living in my own skin and I just didn't really like being there. So I kept myself busy doing things. And now that I, I feel like I love myself again, which is weird to even say, but I do genuinely feel like I love myself and that I can love other people, but there's still something probably in me that I I couldn't say this is it, but I run from because I still to this day don't like to be by myself. Hmm. Do you have that problem? I don't, I don't mind being by myself. Um, but there is a, a part of me that I do feel like I run from. Um, not literally We're talking figuratively here. Yeah. But I don't know. I, what's what's difficult for me to figure out about that is when I'm off balance and um I really respect something that you did I guess it was about this time last year you started kind of whittling down your schedule um you know so you're not cuz I feel like when when I when you were doing that I was kind of looking at it kind of made me look at myself and I was like am I just too busy am I just filling my time up with just busyness so I don't have to look at myself and you're not in your head. Cause you're probably like, yes, no, you I'm are. just thinking because <laughs> now I'm on the other side of being complacent that I whittled it down so much that I'm like lazy now. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, the balance is what I struggle with. God, so hard to find that balance. It is. I mean, here, here I am in over a decade at this and still ain't found it. Uh, just of learning how to live life on life's terms. That's the word we use a lot. Right. Right. And, um, it's hard. And that's, that's the reason I still tell people I'm in recovery today because just because I took the drugs and the alcohol away didn't mean I didn't lose the rest of my problems. Right. Yeah. And I, I think, uh, you know, I was just meeting with my pastor earlier and he was talking about this fight that we always have with the flesh. And that's, that's it with me. I'm always battling something. And it's not always just like the devil coming after me. And this was the conversation we had that, 
you know, I'm my worst enemy. Mm-hmm. And even though I'm chasing after these goals that look good, I mean, to, to run a marathon, that's a great goal to have. To save money up, that's a great goal to have. But like I've, I've shared with you, that now it's not so much me saving money is the problem, it's the greed of holding on to it <laughs> is the problem. Yeah. And so the, there, where's the balance in that? Right. I, I think um, for me, like I know, I know that my contentment can only be found in Christ. I, I know all that stuff in my head, but I think one one way that was recently pointed out to me that I am my own worst enemy, and and most of my di- I would say probably ninety five percent of my discontentment comes from myself. It's in between my ears. That's where it all begins and ends with my discontentment. But a lot of it for me is unrealistic expectations on people places and things. Um, so whenever I set up these unrealistic expectations for, Hey, this relationship, this is the way it's supposed to be. And if it's not, and, and most of the time it's not, well, then I get angry. I get angry sometimes at, at that person or angry at myself and I'm, I'm let down. And, you know, that's where a lot of my discontentment comes from, especially with relationships. But, that was pointed out to me last week, and I was just like, wow. That's very simple. It's a very simple thing. And this is common in my recovery. It's like, well, that was simple. Why didn't I think of that before? Sometimes it just takes somebody pointing those simple things out to you. But um, but I had a really good weekend after I had that in my mind. Like, hey, I just have unrealistic expectations. Um on a particular situation and I was, I was able to be more present in the moment. And I, I I had a little bit of grasp of contentment for a little bit. Yeah. It's very fleeting for me, but you know, you and I kind of, we've talked about Enneagrams and different personality Mm -hmm. types and um, on different shows. And you and I kind of fall in the same category. It it seems uh, most of what we say we agree with. And I guess that's the reason we agree with each other a lot on the show. But um, not everybody that is listening to this would would agree with us on this. Oh, sure. I know that. In fact, by the way, I haven't told you this, but a few weeks ago we did a show and I mentioned a lady's name. Nikki was her name. Oh, yeah. But I gave first and last name and completely threw her anonymity out the window. And I went and made amends to her, by the way, but oh, okay. she, she didn't care uh, because I was just trying to give her credit for something that was being taught to me and I didn't want to steal it. And we talked about that. <laughs> But anyways, um, going back to her and the story with her, she and her husband are like two of the most content people I have ever in my life met. Like, you know, it's kind of like, oh, here's my shirt. You know, I'm good. I don't care if I have it or not. I mean, I don't mean that in a crazy way. Just she just don't she don't care. I mean, just she is content in the Lord. And I see people that rest so easy in his grace. And I don't. Yeah. I mean, that's just not me. And um, she just doesn't seem to have any worries about things that I worry about. And so I, I say all that because I believe some of our listeners would kind of be on the same thing. Go, I, I don't even relate with what you're talking about here. Yeah. But I know there's plenty that do. Right. And I think, you know, I mean, it says in the Bible that faith is a spiritual gift. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we should be praying for that. Um and that's something that's as far as whenever I've taken those spiritual gift inventory tests or whatever, faith has never been on there for me. Um, 
I, I, I tend to always be seem like I'm lacking and I need more faith. But, uh, but then again, it doesn't take much. But I, I don't know. I always look back and I wonder, you know, why did I doubt that all that was going to work out? Um, as far as worrying about the future, uh, that can definitely make us, makes me discontent, you know, when I worry about things in the future. Um, and, and what's, what's crazy is in, in the Christian life is like God can have brought us out of something in the past and we can face the same exact situation in, again in the present and be like, how, how is this all going to happen again? I don't know. I don't think, I don't think there's a way out. Right. It's like, you know, we, we talk about in Recover, we have a built-in forgetter where we forget how bad it was in the past and that we made it through that or that God brought us out of something and delivered us um, from something, but when then we just forget it. Well, I'll give you an example of how I've kind of been discontent and thought that I could become content by doing certain things. And my wife and I, we both met in recovery, and, of course, we walked in there with a lot of restitution to pay <laughs> to, to people, to the government, to, you know, everybody we owed money to because of our past actions. And so we, um, we owed a lot of money and we'll just put it that way. And we was like, okay, how can we keep this marriage strong? Cause we knew just by surveys and polls that, you know, finance is one of the biggest things that are going to crush a marriage. Yep. And so we said, okay, well let's get, let's get out of this debt. And so we started paying off all this debt. And we said, okay, if we could ever get to this point, then we believed that we would be safe enough to to start, you know, being comfortable and not have to have all the burden and the weight of this debt. Okay, so we, we got to that point. I was like, well, if we could just save this much money, <laughs> then we would not have to worry about money. You know, we wouldn't have to go paycheck to paycheck now. We would have some money in savings and we would be better. Okay, so we get there. And then it's okay. But if we could save this much money, and that's that's been the progression. So every time we hit one of these milestones, it's never enough. And that's the way everything in my life has been. I mean, even if I looked at, you know, talking to you here just this week, we were talking about running again. I have not ran in, well, probably four years now, not like legitimately running. Yeah. And I, I talked to you about doing an Ironman, a half marathon. And like, that's the way my mind thinks. Like, the marathon wasn't enough. Now you need to go do this. Why do I do that? I don't know. I mean, at times I really think I'm back to the insanity of addiction. Yeah. I think there could be an element of, of the running in there for me. This is kind of a, obsessive thing takes over sometimes, but, um, I feel like, I feel like some of it, I'd rather be a little bit too unbalanced on the trying to, trying to better myself and be the best person I can in Christ than just doing nothing. Okay. What about this? Because this is some of the things I've asked myself and maybe our listeners can ask themselves the same question. All right, most of us, we walk in to recovery, regardless of what it is, whatever your struggle is that you walk in with, and you you feel like you've lost your value. Like everyone looks at you differently, maybe your image, whatever. Um, you've burnt so many bridges in your life, you just feel like you're beyond repair. So you come in and things begin getting better for you in recovery. And you've worked some steps, you work with a sponsor, and your life starts coming back together. And these relationships become 
or, or getting repaired because of amends you've made or whatever. Do you think that you have to do all of these things to, to look better, to be better in order to find value again? Do you mean to tell you the answer that I think is the right one or the one I, I would honestly say? The one that you know. Yes. Yeah. Like I do, I think I do fall into that trap of trying to make a lot of the outside things look really good, um, which I think a lot of people do that. I'm, I'm not, I know I'm not the only one that does uh, that. Yeah, because I do the same thing. You know, and I, when I'm doing it, I don't intentionally do it saying that I'm doing that. But I know that that, that is that thing that's in me that I, I feel like that I have to repair. I want people to look at me and res- respect me again because I'd lost everybody's respect. And by doing all of these things and looking good on the outside, people will go, huh, I'd like to follow and do what he's doing now. Yeah. And, I mean, they they sound and look good, but I think maybe my motive isn't always the best. Right. If I really got to the root of it. But for me, a lot of it is is proving to myself that I'm good. Yes. You know. Yes, that's and, probably even a better way of saying it. And I think for me, like, I... I mean, yeah, I post stuff on Facebook and I, you know, post a couple pictures of me after my run or whatever, but that's not, that's not the primary reason I did it. The primary reason I do a lot of those things to try to make myself better is because I still struggle with unforgiveness towards myself over so my is past. It self-worth? Yeah, I think a lot of it is self-worth. You know, like I'm trying to prove to myself that I'm, that I'm worthy um, and that I have worth, but, and that you deserve to have what you have today. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's kind of some of mine. I, I think that's a fair, a fair way to look at it. Um, but I mean, I know my, my worth is in Christ. It's not in any of these well, things that I'm doing. I, I know, know that. that. I mean, by reading biblical passages, scripture, I know that, but applying that to different things. But I mean, like, as I think about that right now, I'm like, do I just not believe the Bible? Well, I know, and I think a lot of people question those beliefs. I was just talking to my pastor. We, we got on the conversation of fasting, which a lot of people don't do, but um, I was talking to him, and he, he mentioned a fast or possibly doing a fast, or really he didn't even say that's what I took away from it. But I said, but, you know, the problem I have with a fast, every time I start a fast, I get a few days into it, and I'm like, well, you're only doing this because you want to lose weight. So why are you doing the fast? <laughs> That's just an added benefit. Yeah, well, you know, but. It, I didn't lose any weight at all when I, one time when I did it. None. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't Sometimes like, you might not. Maybe not. I don't know. Well, how can we maybe become content? What would be some. What are the ways you try to – I mean, we both agreed and said that this is our biggest area of struggle. Yeah. So we're probably not going to give the best pointers here. <laughs> we're terrible at this, but take we're going to tell you how to do take it. Take my advice. I'm not using it. <laughs> uh, we're but, not preaching to the choir here. No, no. I, I, you know, we're being very honest that we struggle here yeah. in this area. Yeah. And so, in fact – how about send us an email of the things you do? Yeah. Put it on Facebook. Please let uh, us know. <laughs> when we post this, tell us how you stay content. Yeah. But, you know, I, I found that by helping others, it helps me do that. Um, Definitely. It, it, you know, as bad as this sounds, when I work with a newcomer and see how screwed up some of the stuff is in their life, 
It makes me very grateful for where God's brought me, which refocuses me on where God has me right now. Yeah. And that sounds selfish in a lot of ways. And I don't mean, cause I love newcomers. I love helping people, but that's one of the things that grounds me in my recovery. So when I tell a newcomer, you know, you're helping me as much as, as I'm helping you, they really are. Well, when you work with a, a newcomer or you're in group and you see new people come in and you see somebody go from hopelessness to hope and you see their eyes come alive over the course of time and you see the lights turn on, you know, upstairs and you see their faith growing. It's just fuel to your fire. You know, it, it makes it cause it, cause it's so hard to see in ourselves. And, um, but whenever you see it in a newcomer, man, it, it, it does bring a level of contentment that nothing else can. Uh-huh. Um, another way for me, I was just sitting there thinking of was, the more active I have have been in my prayer life, the more content I usually am. Um, I've been trying to get more um, organized in my prayer life. I keep a, a prayer journal or whatever um, the last few weeks, and I've been praying more, been praying more consistently, been actually trying to keep up you know, with different prayer requests, and, oh, that one was answered. Let me write that down. And... Um, without getting too OCD about all of it. Uh, but I've noticed that whenever whenever I start my day off with prayer, I'm more likely to pray through the day. Um, and one of the prayers that, that kind of kept on coming back last week, which is kind of always in recovery, but was a serenity prayer, and um, which deals, de- which definitely deals with contentment, yeah. you know. Because you get frustrated and you're trying to change things and you're not content about the way something is and you're really discontent with a certain situation, but then you, you figure out what you can control and, and what you can change. What to accept and what to change. Yeah. I did a video on that one time. Remember yeah. that? Yeah. And you were the one of the ones that was like, hey, the serenity prayer. And then somebody else brought up, hey, the serenity prayer. You should pray that. I'm like, yeah. It's funny because we have said that serenity prayer for years. Thousands of times, And you probably. forget to use it. And you forget to use it. It's not easy, though, you know. Um, but it is when you, when, you, when you pray that prayer and you realize that, hey, I, I, don't, I can't change this particular thing. It is very freeing. And when you experience that, free, that freedom, you're no longer discontent, at least for a little while. Right. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know any, any other things? Because I'm like I'm lost. I'm like I'm, I'm completely <laughs> like I'm. Yeah, I, I mean I got nothing here. Yeah. Um. I mean I I think, and I know I always bring up the spiritual disciplines, but I I do believe that exercising the spiritual disciplines more, prayer, scripture, fasting, giving, all those things. Well, it's funny you say that because that's part of my meeting today that I was having. Um, with my pastor and I was talking to him um, about several things. And I was like, you know, if I break my life down to mind, body and spirit, which sounds so new agey. Yeah. But um, I was like, you know, as far as like my body, I mean, I left the gym. That's the reason I'm wearing a tank top. It's 51 degrees yeah, outside trying to here. Show off them, yeah, them I have tats. no guns. I just got tats, but I do have my, my, my new, my new tat got finished on my back. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. But, um, you know, I was talking to him, I was like, as far as body, I mean, I've got that in check. I, mean, I don't have a body, but I mean, it's 
I exercise, right? Yeah. Um, when I talk about my uh, my mind, I, I try to usually read between 20 and 25 books a year. Those are not Christian books. Those are just books. A lot of times they're self-help books. Sometimes they're just random books. Andy Stan, I'm not Andy Stanley, but Andy Andrews Andy is one Andrews, of my favorite yeah. authors. And he's a Christian author, but um, very, very just into type books. Mm-hmm. But um, spiritually, this is where I've struggled lately. And... I have become very just discontent with everything and I'm not, I don't feel like I'm going to go use or relapse, but it goes back to what I said at the very beginning of the show. If I'm not moving forward, then I feel like I'm going backwards Mm -hmm. and I believe God's brought me too far to start going backwards here. And so I'm always striving to do better and I hope I'm always doing that. So, uh, yes, when you talk about those spiritual disciplines, those are, are something that I, I believe that if we're doing those correctly, then we can be content. I myself have not been doing those correctly, and I have become discontent. Yeah. And, I mean, they're called disciplines because it's hard. Yeah. And I know I'm not going to be content with my life if I don't put any effort into it. You know, I'm not going to be able – I, my my default my default mode is not contentment. My default mode with my walk with Christ is not just I'm I just have faith. I'm just going to trust in you. That's not my default mode. Right. And so I know I have to work at those things. And that's that's the only way I know to work at those things is through the, the spiritual disciplines and spending time with God uh, consistently. Um, because those 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 weeks where I really make make it a priority to spend time with God every day. They, they always turn out to be better. Right. So, yeah. One of the things that I've, I've, I've began to see since we've been doing this podcast six or eight months now is, um, from our listeners, many of them will chime in. I mean, we've been speaking several places, speaking at a conference in Tennessee and other churches with our testimony or whether it be preaching events that we've done, speaking events, and it, it seems like people think that we're these experts now in recovery. Um, I, I'm by no means an expert. I mean, I, what I what I am willing to share on air or in a pulpit or behind a, a conference is that recovery is a struggle, and I'm willing to be vulnerable enough to tell you that I don't have it all all the answers to it, and that I'm still working this out. And so I, I believe that it really just becomes. My identity, uh, that's not a good word to say that, that the recovery for me is just a way of expressing myself and saying that I still have issues and I'm still trying to work on them. Yes. I mean, that's what recovery is for me. Right. It's not about just not drinking and drugging today. Yeah. It's about saying, look, I'm a human and I struggle like every other human on the planet and I'm not scared to say that I struggle with it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I I look in the mirror every day and I know <laughs> that I still struggle with things. Um and I know everybody else does. Um around me, they can see it a lot better, even easier than I can. And so I think that's the way we can unite um in our faith and in our recovery is by standing with each other hand in hand and admitting that hey, we need help. We can't do this on our own and we if we could do it on our own, we just would. And that we need God's help with with this thing. We can't just, it's not just going to happen by itself. 
Yep. And so that, that's really kind of the way we come up with the whole word soberholic. Yeah. Is so that we can become become a soberholic about telling the world about how we're recovering. Yeah. And yeah, you know, I think that our listeners could identify and say that they're a soberholic because if they're willing to listen to us each week and, and hear these stories and, and practice this stuff into their life and to share hope with others, that's what we're all doing. Yeah. We don't have it together. we're hoping for something better yeah but no um it is a lot better today than it used to be yeah oh Uh, man a whole lot better you know so i hope no one ever hears us and go wow why are they doing this no No, that is i mean it is hope that we're giving right oh yeah i mean Um, the the problems i have today i would have killed to have those uh, 10 years ago right any day so i don't think we'll ever get rid of all of them but no. um, man, it it's getting better. Oh yeah, know. yeah. But it takes work. It does. Yeah, I don't think you just sit there and wish for it, and it just shows up one day. No. It takes work. So, anyways, man, I, I think that puts us um to the end of another show. Um, but before we kind of leave here, I, I I do want to to say this, and we've said this a lot this show, but I really hope our listeners could take one of these shows and hear it and really interact with us. That, yeah. That's one thing I, I wish we had more of on our show is to hear um, their stories of, of success, not just from our show, but just in in recovery in general. Yeah. Maybe hear about the things that they're struggling with. Just talked to a lady today who had a, uh, a child that was struggling, and I was mm-hmm. able to help her get her child to a treatment center. Right. Any of those things that yeah. we're here to help, oh, I mean, yeah. we've got a resource page on our thing, but maybe you, you just want to talk to somebody yeah. and we'll be glad to do this. We'd things. love to. Yeah. Stop the, stop the podcast right now. Contact us. Right. Podcast at gmail.com, Facebook, Instagram, a bunch of different places. We'd love to hear from you. All right, man. That's another one in the books. So uh, I guess next week we will reconvene and do it again. Yep. All right, man. I'm Roger. I'm Jason. We're signing out. Thanks for listening to Soberholic with Roger and Jason. If you like the show and want to know more, check out SoberholicPodcast.com. Please remember to leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you next week, Soberholics.